Hi, my name is John Garfield. This is the Releasing Kings newsletter. It's August 26th, 2018. We just uh, wrote a book called Seers and Doers. It's out in Kindle on Amazon.com right now. And the hard copy is going to be out by uh, in the latter part of September. So real happy about that. After thinking about that, <clears throat> I'm asking the Lord, Father, what's your strategy for helping your people see? Uh, that's sort of a common denominator when you think about courts of heaven and trading floors and the council. Um, it functions through a seer gifting, so it's important that that uh, instead of all the detail on you know those three areas, just to be able to see and to start there. So uh, when I asked the Lord that, the answer was simple: What you see is what you get. <laughs> that there's this. Uh, in the courts and trading floors and the council all function through a seer gifting and that's the threshold for bringing heaven to earth we see what's available in heaven first and we manifest it on earth second so the seer gifting is a sort of a priority <clears throat> so the broadest definition of a seer is someone who has something spiritual revealed to him in a vision or a dream uh, others limit seers to the gift of discernment in the sense of seeing demonic activity. So this gift is for everyone. And the best definition um, is that it's those who can see what their father is doing in heaven and so they can do the same things on earth. So the second distinctive of a seer is that it's someone with the initiative to go look instead of passively waiting for it to happen to us. Uh, listen to uh, John 5 19 and 20 truly truly I say unto you the Son of Man can do nothing of his own accord But only what he sees the Father doing for whatever the Father does the Son does likewise For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing Any greater <clears throat> and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel Okay, so that's how Jesus did it, and that's how we do it. Paul prayed for the same seer release in the eyes of our heart for three specific reasons. Get this, and this is Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, one, two, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and three, his incomparably great power for us who believe. So his, um, <clears throat> the hope that you carry, your calling, the, the riches of his inheritance in you, and, and three, the, the, the great power that resides in each one of us. He wants us to see those things. So let's take a look at our history. Israel spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt. And when they got out of Egypt, it was no coincidence that they still had a propensity for falling back into bondage or idolatry. Even in the Roman period, slaves were considered property and had no legal personhood. So at the end of the Roman uh, period, three or 400 AD, uh, landowners increasingly relied on serfs instead of slaves uh, to provide labor. <clears throat> so throughout Europe during the Reformation, until the Reformation and the Industrial Revolution, from like 400 BC up to 17 or 1800, 80 to 90% of people were serfs without freedom to leave the landowner's estate. So the Middle Ages was a time of great violence 
and that arrangement offered some level of protection, but peasants and serfs were glad to have the protection of the manor lord, and in a sense they were happy to be serfs. <clears throat> so serfdom is an unfortunate generational heritage for all of us, practically. <laughs> serfdom is in our DNA and so is choosing the lifestyle. Uh, we're very prone to relate to God as a serf or a servant, and we mask it in, in spirituality by calling ourselves stewards. You know, I don't own anything, I'm just taking care of what God gave me. So entering the Father's courts and council as a king and priest is something that serfs and servants and stewards wouldn't naturally do. That just makes sense. So serfs are vulnerable to, um, to uh, lies. They're sort of intentionally gullible. They tolerate deception. There's some, a certain level of arrogance in the way they defend those positions. They're a little bit doctrinaire and frankly, a little bit stubborn. <clears throat> we think of serfs as being, you know, all those poor serfs, how they were mistreated. But in reality, serfs maintain an elaborate and philosophic justification for their lot in life. And um, Christian and cultural serfs want someone else to rule over them and make decisions for them and protect them from making their from evil by making their lives easy. So politicians and hirelings are happy to occupy those roles of ruling over serfs. And a serf's identity is usually wrapped up around their hireling or poverty or victim mentalities, which are still apparent today. By the way, their lives are always hard. <laughs> it's uh, an anonymous, meaningless life with no dream and no future in the sense of being left behind or left out of God's best, it's sort of living paycheck to paycheck in a job that with no future. Jeremiah 5.31 says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear their rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. So this idea of being under the, the foot of someone else is the sort of the spirit of being a serf. And, and people were, were programmed by our generational tug to want it that way. In uh, 2 Timothy 4.3 is a verse that says, uh, saying what their itching ears want to hear. Um, so what's the way out? How do we get into a seer gift and out of the serfdom? Luther's Reformation paved the way for serfs to become citizens and access God's presence, a la justification by faith. This Reformation that's going on right now is an invitation for citizens to become sons with access to share his works and co-labor and receive their kingdom inheritance. Um, Psalm 2.8 says, Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance. So it's natural that a serf mentality would not boldly take up his or her seer gift and show up in the courts or the council of heaven, but they can overcome the generational force behind serfdom in the courts of heaven. We can receive our sight and inherit our priest-king role as sons. And I've given you a link to my own session in the courts regarding serfdom, so you can take a look at it. I just took notes on it, so feel free to, to check out that link. And I've also put a graphic in so you can see this first reformation moved us from serfs to citizens, and this reformation is moving us from citizens to sons. So when we think about going from serfs to seers, uh, Entrepreneurs in every mountain are naturally bold, creative, assertive, self-motivated, productive, yet they're humble. Um, we call them kings. In this hour, we're being invited to become sons who show those same attributes as priests 
who boldly come into the spirit realm. In other words, we're entering heaven, seeing things in his courts and his council so that we can make a difference on earth. And uh, <clears throat> so maturity is one way to think about receiving your seer gift, but a better way is to understand that seeing is how the kingdom works and how we relate to our Father. <clears throat> what you see in heaven is what you receive on earth. We are all supposed to be seers. It's not a gift for just a few, it's for everybody. And it's a language of heavenly courts and councils and it's a prerequisite for our inheritance in this life. Listen to Galatians uh, 4, um, verse 1, and, and then I'll skip to verse 7. What I'm saying is, as long as a child, as long as the heir is a child, he differs, uh, he's no different from a slave. In other words, as long as I'm immature, it, you can't tell the difference between a child and a slave. A slave. You tell them both what to do. Uh, even though the, the, the child owns the whole estate, Allah, his inheritance. So, and he ends this passage by saying, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also and an heir. So this transition from serf to son is to get you into your inheritance. And seeing is part of the, um, part of the way we do that. So how do I become a seer and why? <clears throat> we wrote Seers and Doers to answer that question exactly. And I, I recommend this book highly. I, I, you know, I'm the author, <laughs> but I think it's really good, really timely, and, and really on point. So in a nutshell, I'm giving myself permission to kickstart the process using my imagination because I understand my role as a son in the priestly realm in heaven and in the kingly realm on earth. So all creation has been waiting for us to become sons who both see and do. And we all need to experience seeing in heaven to complete our hearts and our vocations on earth. It's both spiritual and practical. And we are intercessors who pray, but we are also manifestors who can produce results on earth. In other words, we're not just praying, we're, we're getting answers to prayer. So a priest is a mediator when we access heaven as seers and we are mediators on the trading floors and the courts and the council of heaven and we can see what the father is doing so we can bring it back to earth it's that simple and as kings we're liberators we inherit our land with a vision for nations and on earth we're leading initiatives in mountains and creating value and wealth and managing cash flow and setting captives free because those are the things we saw the father doing in heaven that's why we have the courage and the wisdom to go after him and uh, I just want to suggest that uh, it's really exciting and, and it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm uh, six months old in it, um, in one sense, um, but I just want to recommend it highly that uh, there's a, a, an open door in the spirit realm for you to, to walk in this priestly uh, level <clears throat> and to couple it with your kingly function here on earth. Have fun with it. God bless. Thank you.